This is Kanzenshu, the podcast episode 451 for the week of July 22nd, 2018. Welcome back to Cons and Shoe. The podcast. An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Cons and Shoe. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball GT this week in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. <gasps> Jeff, welcome back. It must be GT time. It must be. Is that redundant GT time? No. GG time? It's Grand Tour Grand time. Grand Tour time. Grand Tour time. Yeah. yeah. Grand, it's a little Grand bit of a tongue twister. Time. It would be redundant if we said GTT time. GTT time. Where's the ATM machine? Paul's for tea with a Dragon Ball GT. I don't know what kind of accent is that. Someone from over there, please tell me if that was decent. I thought you just boasting about your British accent, and that was just appalling. So Jeff is here. Hi, dude. Hello. Our new fan. We'll come back to you shortly. Mary, hello. Am I the resident old fan? Yeah, you and I both. Seeing some things seemingly for the first time, though. Not seen this. Yeah. We'll get back to that. All right. That leaves me. My name is Mike. Sometimes Fujito EX, but always just Mike. This is indeed the next entry in our Dragon Ball GT review of awesomeness. This time here on the show, we are covering Dragon Ball GT episodes. 32 through 35. And because it's one of those episodes, we will uh, forego all the usual formalities of news. And that's, I think that's the only other thing we do before the topic. Important stuff. Important stuff. Yeah, there's no important stuff. None. The state of affairs GT in the Dragon Ball universe. GT is the important stuff here. It's super uh, important. So I say we just get right on into it. Lovely to have you here with us. Uh, strap in. We got four episodes of GT coming your way right now. As we like to do, or attempt to do every month, or sometimes every five years, we cover Dragon Ball GT here on our podcast. Uh, We are doing the next four episodes for us, that is GT episodes 32 through 35. Here in uh, the year of our Dende 2018, we have some ground rules as we cover Dragon Ball GT. Uh, Our review of awesomeness should have been completed long before Dragon Ball Super existed. So our way of approaching a GT review in 2018 uh, is to kind of do so in a bubble. A little bit of a vacuum here. Super exists. We're not going to refer to Dragon Ball Super. Uh, We're not going to mention it. We're not going to compare to it. That doesn't mean we forgot to do so. That doesn't mean we missed anything. It's explicitly on purpose here. uh, And that's because, again, we should have finished it by then. And I think it it can be reviewed as an individual product uh, and certainly would have been at that time. Uh, There was plenty of time down the road, as I always say to compare Dragon Ball Super and Dragon Ball GT. Neither are going anywhere in the history of the Dragon World. Uh, So that's how we're approaching things. Plus, we want to give ourselves content for the future. That's right. Plenty more to talk about. Always much more to do and say here on Konzenshu, the podcast. There's a website, too. There is a website, too. So how do we approach our reviews? Uh, Well, we give you a little rundown of what happened during the episodes, uh, and then we check in on Jeff's predictions from last time. Jeff, you are approaching as the new fan, someone who has never seen Dragon Ball GT before. You joined us for our manga review of Awesomeness, where we went through all 42 volumes of the original series in manga form, uh, and you enjoyed it from that perspective as someone who had a little bit of fan subs, a little bit of tsunami, but otherwise approaching Dragon Ball, totally fresh. And since that was finished, you were like, hey, you know what? We can move on to GT with this look on your face of like, you should be worried. (laughs) It's like, I don't know that we can be friends after this. 
Well, we did have some years in between uh, that we don't speak of anymore. <laughs> uh, and then there's Mary over here. Uh, you, as I did in my fandom growing up, uh, had many GT fans of, perhaps even some Raw tapes. I don't know if you had any Raw stuff. I did not have Raws. I had the first 12 fan sub. I have stuff in the middle fan sub. I will not say what it was, but it was stuff in the middle. Uh-huh. And that was it. No, you had Evil Dragons because that's where I saw my Evil Dragon fan subs. Dude. Oh, well, anyway. Stuff. But you said me. Middle. I'm not thinking middle. I'm thinking. Okay, fine. End. Anyway, he's not going to remember by the time we get already there. out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, at this point, I have seen the uh, entire rest of the series. I know for a fact <gasps> because really? I talked about this stuff in a, in a previous bonus episode, and I had at least seen it within the last couple of years, if not before then. So I, I know at this point, I've seen everything else. Mary, as we were watching some things here, specifically I've transformation, never seen like any I've never of this. Seen this. <laughs> These episodes that we watched today, I've never seen before in my life. The last two episodes that we've recorded these summaries I've not ever seen so this is new the last stuff that I've seen fansub was like the Rilled stuff okay so you think the rest of the baby arc you haven't seen I have not seen the rest of the baby arc after that you will have seen some stuff but Mm -hmm. uh, all right very very cool so I love all the variety of perspectives we're bringing here I might have to dig out my box of VHS tapes figure out exactly what because I don't want to speak at a turn it might have been one of those instances where I bought the tapes from the flea market and I was like please I'm never well, watching this ever again. The world stuff might have turned you off enough that you never went any further Maybe. in your tapes. So. All right, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to recap these episodes. Uh, we'll see what Jeff had for predictions last time. Oh, God. And then yeah, <laughs> before we even came downstairs, you're like, well... Throws all that out the window. And then we'll uh, carry on from there. We'll make new predictions. we got lots of talking points for this batch of episodes. I am rather excited about it. So let's get right on into it. We start with Dragon Ball GT, episode 32, Return Goku, the Angry Warrior, Oob. So Oob hid out in the mountains with his family, but he felt Goku's key disappear. So he's come to join the battle. And then we get a recap of... Episode one of GT, because that's really all that exists for footage of Goku and Oob together. So maybe it's a nice little recap for some folks. Uh, then Oob takes on Baby. He gets in a good blast, but everyone else jumps in. Baby fires on them for questioning his power and getting in his way. So there is no choice. Goku will have to do something worse than training. Something painful. He's been working on a tail the whole time, the Elder Kaioshin there, getting a tail out of Goku for some reason. But they need to do something now. They can't just do this whole training thing. They need pliers. So the younger evil space Tanuki turns into some. (laughs) Meanwhile, Baby overwhelms Oob in a beam struggle. Pun tries to attack, but Baby just stands there, including a blast point blank to the face. Now, people are donating all their energy to Baby so he can kill Oob. Boo tells Satan that he loves him and they'll always be friends. He'll never forget him. And he goes back to where Oob is. Baby figures taking out Oob means there'll be no one left to challenge him. And Boo arrives. He inhales Baby's revenge death ball. And there's a giant explosion. Meanwhile, Baby leaves with Bulma, figuring he has won. Boo explains somehow, like, in this, like, inner conversation thing, uh, explains to Oob exactly who he is. uh, And they re-merge together to form a new being. Meanwhile, the tail pulling out continues. Baby arrives to his celebrating subjects, and Oob arrives too. We have a newly remerged, powerful, uh, wearing a vest, cool dude Oob. Takes us to Dragon Ball GT episode 33. Take this, baby, the reborn Oob's finishing beam. Goku bites down on a rock as they keep pulling. The old Kaushin pauses and asks, hey, 
Does this hurt? Now, Oob starts muscling up and his hair actually kind of shines too. His speed and power have increased. Oob fires a chocolate beam but misses and hits a whole bunch of people instead. And we never hear about what happens to these people after this point. Uh, Oob fires a cool boomerang whirlwind chocolate beam. And uh, they clash for a while with some beams here. Meanwhile, Goku ties up the elder Kaioshin to the rock instead of him. And he has him hold the pliers there. And then he blasts off in the opposite direction to pull the tail out even faster. It's hair. Goku's tail has fully emerged. Meanwhile to the meanwhile, Baby decides he's done playing around and overwhelms Oob back with his own beam. Kaioshin teleports Goku just in time to see the chocolate Oob fall to the ground and Baby eats him. So, Goku has a tail and he goes Super Saiyan 3 and he attacks. Although, problem is, Baby is not himself having any problem with Goku, so he starts throwing him around by the tail. Lying on the ground, Goku looks up at Baby. He sees the Earth, thinks he won't be able to defend it. His tail starts reacting. It is Great Ape Goku, but he is golden. Takes us to Dragon Ball GT episode 34. The transformation fails. Goku's Great Ape Rampage. We get a flashback to Planet Plant showing the Great Apes destroying everything. Pong can feel a huge key and thinks it's her grandpa. She flies back, leaving Satan behind. Baby is a little bit in denial over Goku's power here. Uh, and also, Goku can breathe fire now. That's um, new and exciting. All the people are trying to escape, including Bra and Videl and Chi-Chi. The Elder Kaioshin was afraid of this. By not truly completing the training, yes, Goku's power has increased, but he has no control over his power in this form. So, Pan tries to appeal to her grandfather there. Also, how did Satan get over there so fast? He was, he was, over, he was over there, and then she flew away, and now he's over there little disconnect there. The Kaioshin are talking. They could cut off his tail and return Goku to normal, but if they do that, he's going to lose all of his power. So what can they do? Well, Goku can become Super Saiyan 4 somehow. Elder Kaioshin doesn't really seem to know. Goku lands in a lake and sees a reflection of Earth. His eyes start to change a little bit. And he starts trying to get to Earth, which is up there in the sky. Baby figures he should be able to become a great ape too, since he's taken over Vegeta. Pan keeps trying to reason with Goku, who just swats her away. He's like, eh, get out of here. Uh, she shows him her dogi, her fighting outfit, though, from the end of the original serialization. Um, and that, like, sort of starts getting his attention, but he still is not totally into this. But a photo flies out, and it's a, a photo of the entire group together at the beach. Goku, as a great ape, he grabs it and he examines it and he catches one of Pan's tears. And we end our episode with a tease of taking us to episode 35. The mightiest Goku becomes Super Saiyan 4. Lots of naked Goku, different ages, different forms. Lots of naked Goku. Uh, he is now Super Saiyan 4. Goku leaves Pan with Satan and takes off to find Baby, who himself is analyzing this whole Thing, the transformation, trying to figure things out. Uh, Vegeta doesn't have a tail, though. And since he's taken over Vegeta without a tail, that's why Baby himself did not and cannot transform into a great ape. So Goku arrives. Bulma is definitely evil and fighting ensues. Goku is just smiling the whole time, though. He's taking all of these hits. So Baby fires a revenge death ball once again. We get an awesome, like, multi-shot take of it approaching Goku. Jump cuts right as it's approaching his nose. Very cool stuff there. Uh, he just stands there, and when the dust clears, he's still just standing there on a pillar. He totally just tanked this entire attack. So we get angry, awesome Goku. 
and we get cool fading shots of him just walking like oh shit is totally real at this point baby must not fail evil bulima is doing something she has created a brute's waves amplification device kamehame here take all these brute's waves now you're a great ape too and that brings episode 35 of dragon ball gt to a close we close with super saiyan 4 goku versus golden great ape baby vegeta super baby 2 whatever he is at this point wow so we watched four episodes here i felt like a lot happened during these episodes in particular the first episode 32 that we watched a lot is happening in this span in particular that episode how'd you feel about the pacing here better i still wanted it to be tightened up a little bit but better a lot better it definitely feels at this point like all right this is a an appropriate pace for a weekly shonen show like you can't give us too much i would like more i understand why you can't give me too much more. that's that's what i was thinking too it's like i understand why you can't give us more so this is probably the best you can do what i want to talk about with episode 32 in particular uh i was blown away by a vocal performance would any of you like to guess who it is boo yes i was blown away by the character characterization of boo and i was not expecting that so it was quite a pleasant surprise when he was like i love you satan and here's why i love you because we're buds and we're friends and we'll always be friends i'm like holy crap boo you just hit me in the feels good stuff there uh kozo shioya uh i think is a very much underrated dragon ball performer here um he got a chance to do a lot of you know obviously wacky stuff during dragon ball z uh, and he played all the forms of boo throughout all those transformations there so he even got to be just wacky chibi boo just kind of yelping all over the place uh, but when he's talking here you know it's very simple and it's in a voice but it's not exaggerated it reminds me so much of something like kohei miyauchi who's the original voice for uh in the turtle sage um the way that yes he could be a wacky performer but he could also bring it down and be realistic and be emotional in his performance. And to get that out of Shioya here in Dragon Ball GT, I, I think that really just elevated everything that was going on here uh, with the talk, with returning to the battlefield, with talking to Oob. Satan, なぜかウーブ見捨てていけない。ずっとずっと友達。サタンのこと俺忘れない。ブー。ブー。It was like my second favorite moment of the four episodes that we watched. Yeah. Was just him saying goodbye to Satan. It's like, oh my God, he's about to do something. Yeah. And this is very unexpected for a former villain. We've gotten cool stuff from Boo where we were talking last time about how it was awesome that uh, he had Satan hide inside him and he was just hiding out in the background. Like, oh yeah, I mean, Boo would totally do that. That's cool. They're using Boo appropriately. And I feel like they just built upon that uh, this whole time. He didn't really know what was going on where Oob comes back like, oh, Oob and Boo together. Oob doesn't actually know who Boo is. Oh, I guess Goku never mentioned it. Never came up. little guy. Very cool stuff. So let me then ask you all right boo comes back uh oob merges with him we kind of get like the pink blobs coming on to him becomes a new super version of oob 
He's promptly done away with, though, that exact next episode from his own chocolate attack. Let me just ask point blank. Do you think we could have done more with Oob here? I don't think so. Well, I think in a way this was important because it had to set the template for what... No, what it had to do is it had to set scale. That's what it was. Oh, because geez, we're power scaling. All right. In Go a ahead. way. Well, you have to know what the strength of baby is at this point. And so... Do you have to? I think so. Why? I mean, because you're getting Oob coming back. You think that Oob's going to be all powerful. Not enough. Boo comes in. They transform. They get bigger. And that's not enough to take over baby. So the, the you're, ra- you're, you're raising the stakes, basically, uh, to the point where it becomes more reasonable for, let's say, you know, now that I know that Oob, who's supposed to be this powerful person trained with Goku, whatever, uh, not Saiyan, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, was still able to get even stronger, especially with Boo being uh, thrown in there, but still not enough. At that point, I felt like the stakes were raised, were reasonably being risen where I could see that we can't just have Goku come back. It has to be a stronger version of Goku, basically. Mm-hmm. So, then the whole tail issue coming in and uh, that's like a reasonable way to get his power back up. We'll get to the tail part, I think later, Sure, sure. but I think in regards to, is that enough to beat baby? Um, I think it, it did do a good job of kind of setting that apart. Now, granted I'm coming from the lack of bias, I guess, because it's been however long since we saw the last few episodes. Yeah. So it could be a non-issue in, could have been completely useless, but I kind of might not remember that. So two things. One, I'm, Half joking when I say, oh, do we really need to set the power scale? Like, I think it's fine. And, you know, whatever. It is what it is. And all right. Oops. Strong. Not that strong. Okay. Whatever. But to your point, I mean, he is kind of thrown in there and then taken right out. Th- that's where I want to go with it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's it. Yeah. The, like, we, mm-hmm. I mean, the entire ending of the series was, oh, the reincarnation of Boo. Super cool. But think about it. Like, even as cool as that is, no one in the audience has that much of an emotional investment in Oob. So I it's agree. like, we can acknowledge that you're cool, mm-hmm. but really, can you can you kind of go away, please? Sure. But if you're going to create this character, you're going to introduce them, and you're going to use them as someone to raise the stakes, why not try to endear them to the audience by doing something more? I feel like hmm. I feel like there's more you can do with Oob and no one's given him the chance to do so. Yeah. Is it is it fair to say that this isn't the first time this has happened, though? Because I, I feel like there have been situations where uh, we'd have a person come in. They're supposed to be like the great thing. They're hyped up. And then like next episode, they're out. No, I mean, maybe like filler characters and movie characters, stuff like that. But even if you go back to the original series, they're always kept along as part of the group. I mean, Tenshin Han was, that was gonna strong be suggested. And, <laughs> and, you know, a problem for a while. And yes, he was immediately eclipsed by Goku mm-hmm. from the 22nd to 23rd Budokai. But he still held his own. He still was a force to be reckoned with on screen and well, continued to contribute. And sorry, Oob has done nothing. <laughs> Maybe that's not fair because Oob has a chocolate attack. And if it was a regular attack and not one that turns him into chocolate, he'd still be around to be of some use. Yeah. I thought that was cool how they turned that back around on him. I'm right. like, ah. I did like that. From yeah. a writing standpoint, mm-hmm. that's how you tie that up. Mm. And move the damn plot along. Right. Mm-hmm. If, if you're looking for a reasonably well-written excuse for, all right, we brought him in here. Uh, we really don't want to keep him here for long. Let's do this. In many ways, it, speaking of the Pudoka, it kind of reminded me of the reverse Mafuba, where using mm. this attack, he had it turned back on on you and, oh, all right, sorry. I'm, I'm still just really hung up on, I'm someone who... Like, I don't have an attachment to Oob because there's never been anything to give me an attachment to him. But I feel like there's something there. Like, you can do so much more with this character, but there's always 
this fright of doing something with uh, someone who's well, doesn't doesn't have cyan blood running through them. Well, how dare you take over the great Goku? We can't have that happen. Yeah. Write him out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Anything else about Oob? I mean, his redesign is basically just. I do like his redesign with, with the vest. <laughs> I like the vest. More pecs. Kind of like some oh, more it's pecs. Sort of fusiony, I guess. Yep. Like that's what they're trying to get across there. Uh, his hair glowed for a second, then they didn't really do anything with that. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, was what it was. It was a nice design. Can I bring in a topic? You sure can. So you bring up the vocal talent behind Shioya. I got to tell you, mm-hmm. I was really impressed with Nozawa this time around. All right, let's get into it. So what were you impressed by? In the first few episodes where Goku is human, I really, really liked her performance of his character Oh, she's here. like biting down on the rock and screaming and... I mean, there's a lot of stretching going on yeah, in yeah. her performance. And you could say that she's done this in plenty of times over GT. Absolutely, yeah. But I feel like there. the breadth of what's going on to Goku here, and she is just putting in 100% and yeah. all of it. And he's doing a lot of screaming and a lot of... Uh, Agonizing. So, yeah. yeah, we're the hearing whimpering a lot. And, like, yeah. I'm actually picturing myself in pain as if it were me having... A tail pulled out of me. I'm like, what would that feel like? Oh, she's doing it and, and in her vocal performance. That's yeah, what yeah. it feels that's like. That's what it feels like right there. Yeah. With combination with the way that's being drawn a little bit more cartoony. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's she's doing a terrific job in these episodes. We'll get to the part where she turns where where Goku turns into an ape. That's a little different. Let's just talk about it right now, because right. Mary, you started talking. I'm like, don't worry about it. I got it as a note. We're on the same wavelength <laughs> here. This is, I am one of those people where I don't even want to acknowledge the lulz Nozawa woman arguments. I don't, it's definitely the kind of thing, like, I don't even want to acknowledge, I don't want to legitimize it by acknowledging it. And like, I, it's not even in the realm of consensu discussion. That being said, Golding, Great Ape, it's not even performance because it's not necessarily the performance that's the problem. It's that it's we, the effect. It is. It's that we've never had a great ape that isn't the exaggerated effect. But the thing is, I think it was present at the tail end it, of the previous episode, and then was. why did they drop it? It's there, but it's like ten percent of there. It's like someone swapped the percentages on what they're supposed to be. I feel like someone just forgot to apply the effect. I feel like it's as it's simple there. as that. It's totally there. It's just so low in there. Agreed. And it just yeah. sounds like a monkey, not an ape, because it's just too much. It just sounds like Nozawa doing a voice. And that's in direct contrast to Jeff, everything you're talking about, which is such a natural vocal performance. Like, as wonderful as she is, she's no D. Bradley Baker. Like, she's not animal voice actress. So it's distracting. And like, it's the only actual distracting vocal performance I can think of in Dragon Ball, other than my one side is uh, Mayumi Tanaka's Baba. I think that's an awful performance. But anyway. But this isn't the first time that this has happened. Goku has turned into an ape before. Right, with exaggerated like roars and echoes. And, yeah. And everyone who's done that before has had that kind of effect. I right. literally feel like someone at the soundboard forgot to apply the effects. That's what it felt like. It's like, yeah. did you forget the filters? Because it just sounds like her making squealing noises like a monkey. It sets that form apart for sure. It's just distracting. It's not appropriate. It's it's Agreed. No, totally agreed. Yeah. And it's such a shame because, yeah, when Goku's a human, she did amazing. But when it came to him being an ape, it just it was awkward. Yeah. All right. Is it too premature to start talking about Super Saiyan 4? Well, let's go into. The, yeah, exactly. So then the performance that she does for Super Saiyan 4 is sexy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to say it right now. As a female and she's a chick, her Super Saiyan 4 voice was like, holy shit. 
she sounds hot. Yeah, it's also nothing new. It's basically what she did for Super Saiyan 3 previously. But it was even like more subdued it was, and calmed yeah. and controlled. Mm-hmm. More cigarettes. That's what more it was. More cigarettes. Damn, lady. You wanna, How did you do this? You want to build that girth? You get him smoking. <laughs> Please, kids, don't smoke. We're going to go into Google. Does Nozawa smoke? She's definitely, it's deeper, it's calm, it's collected. Uh, but this is a trend with all of Goku's transformations. When he first turned Super Saiyan originally for the first time in Z, it's a very low, collected voice. Um, but with Super Saiyan 4, like, that's just part of the She just keeps doing it and doing yeah. it. And, like, how could she keep finding these different levels to take it? Yeah, I mean... It's subtle, but it's a difference. I'm glad people came around, uh, you know, watching Dragon Ball for the first time with us, you know, the black. But... <laughs> There, there was Tullus before. Um, there's not Tullus was fucking hot because he didn't was... wear pants. Just saying. Well, there's that too, but it's also that just like really coy, sly, drawn out performance voice, like doing great stuff there. And yeah, it just continued all the way into GT. Uh, she's been doing this all the time with Goku and other characters as well. Uh, it's great. Let's talk about the actual form, the design for Super very Saiyan Four. Different. Very, very different. So this is something that was designed by Katsuyoshi Nakatsuru. Oh, Nakatsuru did this? Yes. Character designer for Dragon Ball GT. Obviously had been there doing animation, supervision, and yeah, all throughout Z. Um, So what's with the red? Because we just come off of Golden Ape Goku, Mm -hmm. and now we suddenly have red hair? Red fur? So let's pause a little bit and let's talk about Golden Great Ape. So Goku transforms. Uh, Obviously, we get that ape there as soon as... Things started going. I, Jeff, I heard you go, oh, I see where this is going. I like that. <laughs> Hearing Jeff say, like, oh, he's putting the pieces together. I'm yeah. like, yes. yes uh, so you saw, you saw yep. a great ape coming. Did yep. you anticipate anything beyond that? Uh, yes and no, because if I say yes, I'm giving myself too much credit. But yeah. I'll put it this way. I've been staring at that figure on your <laughs> oh, shelf. <that's> true. <laughs> and fair enough. That's and, and just so everybody realizes on the top shelf of Mike's <laughs> impressive display here, there is a Super Saiyan for Goku there. And um you know, Jeff, at some point I kinda look at all Jeff, of these and realize like, wait, where am I gonna see this or that one or this one? That's not Goku. <clears throat> Just saying. Oh, come on. <gasps> so well, either right. way either way, I I mean I saw that at I some know. point. The, the position I have you in this room is like you're staring the at the worst big, possible the worst, well, it's a figure collection that is literally spoilers. everything from the entire history of Dragon Ball. Also, here's a Dragon Ball Super poster and here's a Dragon Ball Super uh, GG thing with everyone from that arc and that, and also a pool is there because <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> but, but yeah um, you're, you're in the worst possible place in this room yeah so basically I, when i saw that it basically made the connection of <laughs> oh, oh right. that's that character <laughs> yeah. although now it's funny you say it's not that character mm-hmm. so jeff we actually haven't talked about your predictions and i've been holding off on it because they're horrible <laughs> because it's a combination of they were horrible but also you really had no idea what to say and that is a credit to gt yes i don't think that's a ding against jeff agreed at at this specific point in gt vindicate me mary vindicate me (laughs) earlier in gt you were kind of in line with how the story was going or you go like slightly this direction they go basically the same direction you know take a right turn to last second um so the things you said last time were they can't use the earth dragon balls well, this, we were chatting this out a little bit. You right. had some thoughts, but I kind of talked you out of it. Right. About they that was a little leading. Well, <laughs> in retrospect, no, I I answered his questions. 
Yeah. I, I, I didn't try to lead you. You were wondering if they could use Earth's Dragon Balls to wish Goku back. My answer was, it doesn't appear that the Earth Dragon Balls can override a wish of the ultimate Dragon Balls. Uh, so they couldn't bring Goku back to uh, full size that way. You did say that you couldn't see how they would possibly defeat Baby in the next four episodes that we were going to be covering. Oh, thank uh, God, something right. <laughs> you did end with going back multiple episodes. We finally got around to like, oh, Oob was a character. Will he come back? And we, we saw the last batch end with Oob arrive. We're like, all right, so Oob's going to fight and Goku's going to be training. Like, you didn't really know where to go with it. Uh, one thing you did say was that maybe they'll move all the people on Earth to planet Zufredu and then because uh, we know Earth is going to explode. So maybe we'll just move everyone there and that'll be the new Earth. Nothing going on like that right now. There's a lot of people there, but but it's not I, everybody. No. But at the rate that baby is destroying the planet indiscriminately, which I found hilarious that Pan would know the word indiscriminately, but okay. I was really impressed with that too, by the way. I Everyone's was like, wow, ten cent words from Pan. Yeah. Yes, girl. the vocabulary on these characters. Come on. She's like what, eight? Anyway. Um so <laughs> I always thought she was fourteen. Uh no, she My timeline was so fucked up. I thought she was fourteen. Well, here's this is actually a great uh, segue to something that I'm going to pull from an interview here. So this is from uh, The Golden Warrior, which is an art book that came out in 2010. Uh, let get a series of interviews with, uh, this is everyone who's not Toriyama. It's actually a non-Toriyama art book. So it's Maeda, Nakatsuru, and Yamamura. You have here. this? Yeah. Can I see it? It's upstairs. Okay. Yes. Great book. I, I, speaking of underrated, I feel like it's an underrated book because it's not Toriyama. It's like everyone else's artwork. So it's like, oh, whatever. But there's great interviews with uh, everyone in there. So uh, the first question in the Nakatsuru interview was, you were in charge of the character designs for Dragon Ball GT, but you base your designs off of the setup pictures Toriyama Sensei made for the anime show in Goku and Company 10 years after the last chapter of the original work. That's a mistake because according to Toei's own published timeline for the series, Dragon Ball GT is five years after the conclusion. No. Oh. Yes. No. Yes. We are in, uh, GT picks up in age 789. So it means Pond's nine? Yeah. No. She's Called 14. It. Called it. So. God damn. Anyway, so oh we my talk- god, all my Jojinshi is horrible. <laughs> all my Jojinshi is like really rapey. Why it is that we keep having this conversation? But yeah, GT is five years after the end of the original serialization. People always point to Funimation's English dub that said it was 10 years. Actually, the dub itself doesn't say 10 years. All of Funimation's marketing materials say that it's 10 years later. But according to, again, Toei's, oh, it's their show. I think, I don't know, maybe Toei has their head up their asses. It's their show. They can say when it takes place, whenever they want to say it takes place. They are completely consistent and all additional supplemental future Shueisha timelines continue to say GT starts in age 789. So anyway, moving on (laughs) into Nakatsuru's interview. Uh, Super Saiyan 4, which appears in the later half of GT, was one of your designs. But I was surprised at how unusual the design was. So Nakatsuru says, there were a lot of varied opinions about that design. It was my idea to make the body red. GT was made as a continuation, and when the producers told me to draw Super Saiyan 4, I went, eh? Eh? Personally, I felt that since they had gone so far as to use stuff like fusion and merging in the original story, did we really have to continue even further? It was an incredible assignment. Goku's transformations are an important part of the program, and so I agonized over what would be best to do. They continue, the hairstyle and red fur all over the body are what really makes Super Saiyan 4 stand out. Nakatsuru says, The thought behind the hairstyle was to take it in a different direction than Super Saiyan 3 and make it wild. I made the fur red because it pretty much just seems strong. 
I place a lot of importance on those sort of impressions, laughs. Right from the planning stage images, the idea had been to bring together Great Ape Goku and Super Saiyan Goku. Goku with primal power, that sort of thing. And then finally, on the design, they say, so that's why his entire body is covered in fur. In addition to the final design, were there any rough designs? Nakatsuru says, there was no design besides a single final draft for it. What? It was just that with the colors, I also made a gold-haired version. However, I thought the black hair looked better and decided upon that version. The combination of black and red is a more dynamic color scheme. So yeah, Nakatsuru, from the start, I made one design. Yo, that's it. Nailed it from the start. Only change was, well, I have a version colors. of gold hair and a version with black hair. Uh, so that's the background on it where they're going, no, oh, we got to keep leveling up and powering up. And Nakatsuru's tasked with taking Toriyama's legacy of transformations, of iconic transformations, multi-billion dollar franchise. You get to design Super Saiyan 4. And this is what he comes up with. So, Jeff, you're doing a side eye at me over here. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit uh, designed for Super Saiyan 4. What do you think? Well, I joked while we were watching these you episodes did. that it was Gene Simmons. Yeah. I take that back because that's the wrong person. Paul Stanley. Because, <laughs> come on, look at Paul Stanley, especially in that MTV moment where they took off their their face paint for the first time and showed everyone their real faces. Look at Paul Stanley. Look at Super Saiyan 4 Goku and tell me, tell me honestly that there was no influence there. Because seriously, every time I looked at Super Saiyan 4 Goku, I saw Paul Stanley. All right. Fair enough. As a heavy metal guy straight out of L.A. or New York, I guess, in their case. Get out of here with that bullcrap. <laughs> All right. So that being said. <laughs> oh, and also the furry arms because, you know, like half ape. I get it. Also, mm-hmm. um, I think people a lot of people were wearing fur at those times. It is not original. Not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. All right. Not a fan. I don't like it. I? No. Now, nah, because um, because I I don't get how I, I guess there's a lot of things that I might need some clarification on, but I just feel it weird that we go uh, Super Saiyan one, two, and three makes sense to me, where it's like gold hair, sparkles, long hair. And I'm watching that poster right there. Oh, that's true. It's yeah. all three. Oh yeah. yes, there you go. Movie thirteen. We, we have this perfect poster, yeah, and it shows all three. And there's a progression there, and there's a reason why that doesn't have four on it. Well, that's Dragon Ball G. Uh, Dragon didn't Ball Z. Yet. It didn't exist yet. That's true. <laughs> but you, but you're not going from three to four. So technically, really, four isn't actually four. It's more like it's like a regression. It's like Super Saiyan B. Like it's you know, yeah. it's, it's it's a different scale. It's a, it's a parallel path. I hear this a lot out there. That's not an original thought, Jeff. <laughs> uh, a well, lot of good people... on him for thinking that on yeah, his own. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, a lot that would be me too because I'm not following the interwebs. Certainly a lot of people have brought this up over the years. I think there's even uh, a recent thread as recent as this week on my forum. What? Wow. Like what else could this be called? Because it seems so different. Uh, I think Super Saiyan 4 just makes sense as a logical naming scheme as um, could you call it something else and get away primal. with it? Primal. This is primal. That's literally w- the word ooh. that's in the thread title. <laughs> ooh, I like that. I actually like that a lot more because. Um, that's why I'm in marketing, y'all. Well, what's one of the things that you guys in the community hate talking about? That's power levels. Mm-hmm. And so what really is happening here is this constant denial that power level should be focused on. And yet you have this grading system that is leaning itself towards attaching numbers to things. They're, they're and it shouldn't to, be that way. They're trying to say, yes, four is stronger than everything has come before. And I think that's fine. I think that's fair. I think that's all you need to say about it. And that's why I actually don't really care about the name for it is, mm. all right, it's the next thing. You know, but, but then, okay, never mind. Well, I was going to say, uh, I, I don't think that needs to happen because I've been given such a good amount of background to 
how this form appears and how strong it is and why it has to be stronger and all that. Like we've spent so much time getting to this point where finally we get to Super Saiyan 4, what's called Super Saiyan 4. But you didn't have to call it that because with all of this lead up, it could have easily been Super Saiyan Primal and I would have been completely fine with that. Because then when something... Let me just rephrase it. Make sure I get what you're saying. You're saying is you've seen so much in this recent span of episodes where the entire point of this span of episodes has been to continuously tell you they're not as strong as that person. They're stronger. They're not as strong as that person. That next person, they're not as strong as that person. So like to see whatever the next thing is from Goku, you would just know he absolutely is stronger I don't need to be given a number to back that up. Exactly. Because logically, you're telling me that Goku has already reached Super Saiyan 3. And we saw how easy it was for him to transform into that in that last fight before uh, Baby yeah, knocked him I out. Mean, even as a kid, he can't hold stuff as long as in his adult form. But he can certainly just, you know, jump right into it. just get right into it. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so there's that. And then we know that because... Uh, so then Kaioshin knows that in order for him to be stronger, he needs to pull the tail. Let's get the tail back. All right. Let's pause there. Kaioshin seems to know some shit. Yeah. Why? How? Why? <laughs> yes, I agree with that. All-knowing, I suppose. I guess. Well, all-knowing when it's convenient, apparently. Yeah, for the plot. I also want to say, I can't remember how they address him in the original serialization, but he is not actually the Dai Kaioshin. He, I believe, God, I might have to edit myself if I get this wrong. I'm pretty sure he's the East Kaioshin from 15,000 years ago. Jesus Christ. And so they specific. And so they keep calling him Elder. At one point, they did call him just Ro or Old or Elder Kaioshin, but then Kibito Kaioshin just transition over to calling him Dai Kaioshin. And I feel like that's such a specific title in the series that I guess if they're just casually calling him like, oh, great Kaioshin. It's fine for the rest of us. Anyway, uh, I'm going to research myself there and fact check myself. And if I get it wrong, then I edited all of this out and and, then we'll see where we go from here. Anyway, we were talking about strength progression with Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) A rat hole in a rat hole. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, really, though, part of this whole story of this transformation is that we know that he needs to turn back into an ape. He gets the tail. Well, now that he's so strong, he's going to be even stronger as an ape. That Mm -hmm. makes sense. Then if you combine the human Goku with the ape, Goku, you get an even stronger you Goku. You totally buy this logical progression here. I, like. I do. I do yeah. because it makes perfect sense to me that with Goku becoming an ape, he's a stronger version of himself. Because, well, I mean, huge, mighty, whatever, power of the moon and yada yeah. yada, all that. But he's been training for so long, he's gotten so stronger, has reached this higher Super Saiyan level. That all makes perfect sense. Logistically, I think it works. And then you merge that with the human, and so you, you get the best of both worlds, basically. Uh, so that could be fine named its own thing because it's not uh super it's the super science process isn't happening while he's human it's happening while he's ape yeah so hence why that seems like a whole separate trek to this power whatever you want to call it so i mean that's my perspective on it at least right i mean it and not to say that i mean it's easy enough to call super saiyan four because it is stronger than three but you don't go from three to four you go from one to two to three but then you go into ape and then four you don't have to be three in order to be an ape so that's just, you left that leg and now here's a new leg, goes to four. I feel like we talked circles about it. I totally get where we're going. Yeah. Uh, and again, I'm not invoking that other series because it was a movie that came later, but <laughs> in Battle of Gods, obviously we got something that was not called a numbered 
thing. Uh, I think at that point, that was a, an idea of well, we want to avoid numbers and we want to avoid referencing different continuities. When is that, though? Is that after or before GT? Chronologically in production came after, takes place before even the end of the original serialization. What? Oh. Battle of God? Come on. You're man. right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I had to think there for a Get second. out. Door's right there. <laughs> oh, snap. Damn. I got a bottle. I will break it over your I head. I have one, too. Oh, shit. Oh, damn. Bar fight. Having a bar fight here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to pull in a couple other uh, interview quotes here. So this comes from the Dragon Ball GT Dragon Book that came out with the Dragon Box in uh, 2005. And this is with script writer uh, Asushi Maikawa, who wrote the vast majority of scripts for Dragon Ball GT. Uh, why does Super Saiyan 4 have the form of an adult? Um, you know, kind of in line with what we were talking about here. And uh, Mike Alvis says, since Super Saiyan 4 represents the mightiest form in the entire series thus far, it just wouldn't quite be convincing if he had stayed in the form of a child. It came down to the decision that since our greatest priority is to emphasize strength, then we had to push it with visual impact. So we needed a purely strong looking and cool character design that wouldn't be beholden to any concept. That is the form that Nakatsuru-san gave shape to. And then whenever he transforms into Super Saiyan 4, Goku briefly becomes a monk and Maikawa says, certainly in the process of his first transformation into Super Saiyan 4, he became a giant monkey. But having done it once from the second time onward, he's able to take that route solely in his consciousness and he skips the process of transforming into a giant monkey. Is what it would be if you were to deliberately apply logic to it. <laughs> like okay. They say doesn't make any sense, but if you had to. Yeah. And I'll go with them on this on this one. Does Goku need to have a tail, though? That seems to be the implication for this, as seen with uh, Baby, who does not have a tail in Vegeta's form the here. The waves. Um, yeah. So why didn't I transform? And we have lovely evil scientist Bulma here. <gasps> can I can I harp <laughs> on that? Yeah. My single favorite moment of the entire stretch of these four episodes was Bulma looking at Goku and being like, I hate you, go to hell. And Goku just don't looking talk so to me like we're despondent. Friends. Yeah. And just like, oh no. That, it's a Because really... like they're best friends yeah, other than uh, other than Krillin. Right. And that like got me. It, that it, got me so much. It's a small moment, but the way that each of them del- the way that she delivers it and the way that he responds in kind, uh-huh. it, it says so much without actually having to say those words. You that know? was my favorite moment. That's fascinating yeah. how that worked out though, because I mean baby took over Vegeta. Vegeta's married to Bulma. Yeah. So Took and Bulma's a friend yeah. of Goku. I mean, right. that whole thing works so well. Yeah. And you know what? It, and and I have to give credit also to the fact but Satan and, and Pon, I, I buy the whole thing about Satan trying to to protect Pon as much as possible because he's a grandfather. So it's like. You know, and and it's funny because I actually rem- had to remember that as we're watching the series. Because yeah, I'm these like, are actually both her grandfathers. Yeah, and like I forget yeah. that he's actually family. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, th- there's a lot of really good structure there here. Is family moment, like that whole stuff with the photo. Yes, right. exactly. Like photo and family. Can and, we oh say my god, we've been robbed of a beach episode. <laughs> <laughs> we need it. I don't know. Right, don't I would want it, that. I don't would know. Want that. Every Moe series you could possibly imagine this has done a Moe. beach episode. We need it. I want a Shonen take on a beach episode. It would be this, this family connection of like your granddaughter getting trapped in the waves. The best part was Goten and Trunks burying Vegeta in the sand. <laughs> like, yep, you nailed those characters. That exactly is what they would be doing. Yeah, that's Perfect. accurate. Where were we going with this? I don't know. We were talking about Super Saiyan 4. Jeff wanted oh. to talk about power levels. And then and I got distracted and, by Evil Bulma then, being oh, like right, the best right. so 
talking about these four episodes. Right. We were talking about uh, the the logical continuation of transformations and forms. So on that topic, yes. um, let's talk about Vegeta real quick. All right. Or Vegeta Baby or Baby Vegeta, whatever. Super Baby 2, Great Ape Baby. Yes. Now yes. we have a Great Ape Baby. Yes. So I'm not convinced that okay. Great Ape Baby is stronger than Super Saiyan 4 <laughs> because... God, I hate my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, need this to be like my ringtone for when you call me. <laughs> what? God, I hate my life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know, hear me out on this one because right. I'm just not convinced that... I mean, I don't want to lead into predictions either, but I guess it's kind of heading that direction sure. because... Um, you make it so tough for me when I listen to them. I'm like, what were Jeff predictions? Right. Yeah, I know. Well, it's just the fact that this ape is is indiscriminate towards what they're destroying. Sure. So, well, yeah, Baby was concerned about that. Right. And he didn't actually say, "All right, hit me with it." He was he like, got, no, he wait. Was like, wait, 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 is this gonna make me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like a zombie guy. Right. And it seems pretty clear that Baby's not in control of this character. So, you know, this thing is just flying around destroying things. But it, but to me, that doesn't mean that you're. Well, I mean, the size and the the way that you're destroying things and whatever does make you look powerful. But there's no control on it, so it just doesn't seem to me as if that's gonna be more powerful than Super Saiyan Four Goku, who is totally fine, not mm. incapacitated in any way, right? And is very sure of himself at this point. And so the reason why I bring that up is because it makes the cliffhanger of these four episodes that we watched not as strong as I think it really could have been. I didn't want to only watch three episodes and I didn't want to end on not seeing Super Saiyan 4 in full. Um, yeah. But, but like at this point, there's actually no proper logical ending. ending point. So we actually only have... I'll spoil this for you. We have five episodes left in this arc. That's what I was curious about. So... yeah. Yeah, I was definitely curious about that. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, really, like I've been saying since the beginning of us knowing about Baby in the first place, these yeah. stakes continue to rise mm -hmm. as we go along. And it's just, it keeps growing, especially every time you think Baby's gone and they're not. They just become yeah. something else. So here's my question for you, kind of in line with that, you know, going off of Baby going into the great ape form here. In this span of episodes, we had... Oob merge with Boo and transform into new form and get taken over. Uh, you know, just previously we got Super Baby 2 to kind of like start off this batch. So Super Baby 2 to the super version of Oob here to uh, Golden Great Ape Goku to Super Saiyan 4 Goku to uh, Super Baby 2 transforming into Golden Great Ape Baby. It's over the span of these four episodes alone, we've had transformation after trans, like basically a transformation in an episode at this point. Is it too much? Am I leading you by saying, is it too much in this condensed span of episodes? Or is it like what we were talking about at the top of the show here, where the pace has picked up to kind of like an appropriate Shonen Weekly schedule? I think it's appropriate. Honestly, I don't feel as though it's going too quick. There is a lot of transformations going on, but at the same time, they seem to be paced well with the action in the series. I mean, the the way that they're doing... I mean, and we started off with the multiple storyline part with uh, Goku getting his tail pulled out sure. and Oob being the transformation at A this point. A good show always needs to have an A plot and a B plot. Yep. You know, we kind of have Baby off doing his stuff over here. Meanwhile, we have Goku getting his tail pulled out. Yeah, interesting. Um, but I mean, but it works. And yeah. so I think that... It's it's so odd, really, these episodes, especially coming after the ones we watched where I mean, things were at a trudging pace. Yeah. So the fact that things are now regularly paced, it actually seems like anything they give me is going to work well. Mm. But 
No, I, you know, I'm thinking as I'm talking here, but really, I don't feel like all these transformations were bad. It just more so seems like like appropriate raising of the stakes, really. Yeah. That being said, I don't know where you go from here because right. they've raised the stakes so high and everyone's transformed. It's like, OK, well, you're going to have a big battle royale. So what happens here from a pacing standpoint and a power standpoint? Right. I don't and knowing that there's five episodes left in this yeah. arc. Did the Japanese uh, audience knew, know that when the series was out? No, right? They just... No, it, it was just... Nothing yeah, was said. It was just, here it is. And I've been doing some research into when did people start talking online about I Hear GT is ending this year, next year. Doesn't quite seem like at this point that was happening, but it will start happening soon after this point uh and i'm seeing people saying that in english which means the japanese audience is already talking about that too this is one of my long tail projects which is going ah, back into that's really cool the publications of the time i've been doing some 1997 v-jump purchasing to look at what they are saying and doing how are they promoting dragon ball gt at the time and that's ignoring even weekly shonen jump at the time which is post dragon ball serialization but obviously they're going to talk about dragon ball as it's on tv but wait mike yeah is there an archive of the news groups yes which is where i'm pulling some of that english language discussion Mm -hmm. so there is some of that going on uh kind of i want to talk about this this time frame 1997 specifically actually uh mary 1997 uh, a little game called dragon ball GT. Final Bout. Final Bout comes out on the PlayStation. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't call it PlayStation 1 because there was only one PlayStation at the time. Uh, This would have been all of our collective first introduction. Jeff, the final boss of this fighting game, this very, very awful fighting game, uh, is actually Golden Great Ape Baby. Uh, And Super Saiyan 4 Goku is an unlockable character in the game as well. Yeah, so what is it like, Mary, 21 years later? Jesus Christ, don't say that number! (laughs) Okay, you just did. Uh, Yeah. So at the time, I mean, I'd only been exposed to GT via the first 12 episodes of Fansubs. Right. Of course, we we had been online and we've seen Yeah, we've been online reading descriptions of the episodes and whatnot, but actually being able to play as Great Ape baby like what the hell well, is can't, this can't play as i mean against against, against. Uh, very just trippy. i know someone would try to correct that <laughs> it, it, it very much felt like i'm ahead of the curve and yet i have no idea what's going right. on right yeah I, I mean, I felt that way about a lot of video games at the time when I played Legend, the real Legends, the real Dragon Ball Z Legends game on PlayStation. Actually, actually, uh, all the characters there that I hadn't seen uh, at that point, but especially Final Bout, because so for those who don't know, the game in Japan is simply called Dragon Ball Final Bout. It's not called Dragon Ball GT Final Bout. It's only called that way internationally. It's kind of like a a best of like an all-stars game where it's oh you from Z you from GT and there's six versions of Goku in that game all different transformations and ages uh they released it over here as Dragon Ball GT final bout in 1997 as Dragon Ball Z has only been on TV into its second year at this point GT would not hit American television networks for a few years at this point this was all of our collective kind of like first in our language in our like a product for our country playing and experiencing but at that GT. point like i knew gt was a thing and i don't yeah. know how much of that is a artifact of where i live and what i was exposed to sure versus what the average schmuck who was only watching it in syndication right. 
syndication viewers. You know, I like this. Oh, there's a game. Mm-hmm. Who the hell is this? Yeah, for sure. Uh, right place at the right time. Final Bow is just such an important milestone, I feel like, for our fandoms and for North American fandom in general. Oh, God, that intro alone. I'll never forget that summer downloading the intro video to that game. Yeah. On dial-up mm-hmm. hours. I had to go clean the family pool. And in between cleaning, I would get up Come and stop it. what I was doing. Check the status of my download. I'm like, God, it's only a quarter of the way. Okay, I'm going to go back and clean the pool. And God forbid and someone call the I house. Know, like, Please don't call the house. I'm downloading the intro to Final Bout. Go back and clean the pool some more. Go back in. Check, is it done yet? And then when it did finally finish, watch it like five gazillion times Glorious. in a row. I do want to briefly mention, because this has been a thing that you have done uh, the last few Dragon Ball GT reviews of awesomeness episode 34 starts and you immediately go triangle man (laughs) i'm sorry triangle man i'm sorry triangle man and i keep telling you his name do you remember this man's name i keep on oh god no mina no naka no. no. Tatsu. Don't you dare call him Nakatsu. <laughs> it's not Nakatsu. I know. I know. I know. Triangle guy. Masayuki Uchiyama. Uchiyama. Sorry. Sorry, triangle guy. Yep. Uchiyama episode. Uh, so, definitely. So back in my day, I called you bad day. animation days. Yeah. And the same rule applied to Sailor Moon too because you were toy animation. Yeah. I don't know if it was the same guy, but it was the same like you were deviating so far from the character models that you just have a nickname now and it's Triangle Guy yeah. or or Bad Animation Day. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to harp on this. I did not like the animation of episode 34 and yeah. there were so many important things happening. I know. This is the episode where we, we have Goku as a great ape and we have this hugely emotional scene happening. Mm-hmm. Toward the end of the episode here. Uh, and you would expect that, not just that, but then the next episode is going to be Tadayoshi Yamamuro himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we did our last episode review where the fourth episode happened to be, I think it was Uchiyama into I Yamamuro. I in a pattern here. <laughs> right. Uh, this wasn't, though. Uh, episode 35 was handled by Akira Inagami. Um, looking down the list here. Well, the next time we have an episode review, sorry to spoil this, uh, we will conclude with Uchiyama followed by Yamamuro. <laughs> So <laughs> that's where we're going next time here on the show. Mm. Uh, just animation in general. Uh, you know what I want to go back to is uh, after Goku has transformed to Super Saiyan 4. I mentioned it in the recaps there. But as the Revenge Death Ball is coming down and they do the jump cuts up to it, up to Goku's nose. There. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. Gorgeous. Love how that Gorgeous. Just, like, stands there. Yeah. Amazing. To your point about progression of power scaling, Jeff, I think that's an appropriate way to show that on screen. I think that that's a great way to do it without rubbing it in your face. Yeah. Yeah. It, it says so much in just the, the character reactions. I love that. Then, There's very few moments in the series where I get that. Hmm. And when I was thinking of when watching these series of episodes was specifically movie 13, oh, where we see what scene? Super Saiyan 3 and he gets punched in the face and he doesn't oh, react. Yeah. Uh, you know what I've learned? I'm learning stuff from the wrestling community. That's called a no sell. What? What does that mm-hmm. mean? Tell me. That I, I believe like when you like, really react to something like you're selling that performance. And so when you don't react to something, that's a no sell. Oh. <gasps> Ooh. That's cool. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. There's a big crossover between Dragon Ball fans and wrestling fans, and I've learned a lot of terminology over the years, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't specifically mention All Systems Goku from <laughs> Giant Bomb. All Systems Goku, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, animation in general. We had a couple good scenes there. Uh, overall, other than some Uchiyama stuff going on, uh, I felt like it was fine. Mm-hmm. Not nearly as awful as like the last two reviews of awesomeness. I felt like yeah. there wasn't really anything that offended me that badly, yeah. except for the random triangle guy character designs. And really, it was earlier on in that episode. It was just like the. I'm like, okay, I'm bored. I'm bored. Oh, I forget what episode it was. Was it Goku versus Baby? I feel like they reused an exact one of those like quick series of punches over a different background. I can't remember what episode it was there. I feel like that was one of the only little tricks they did at some point. Uh, there was some great smoke going on. I'm going to have to go there back. There was like and- a very, very 80s style, like Macross. Yeah, OVA um, style smoke and smoke like That was way too many frames of animation <laughs> for Dragon Ball. So maybe AJ can go back and tell me exactly who it was that animated the smoke in this series of episodes. But uh, I'm interested in that. Yeah, this seemed like it was just fine. Like yeah. it was just... Dragon Ball is being animated fine. I'm not in these offended. Four. Yeah. It's an achievement in and of itself to not be offended <laughs> by the bad animation. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to talk about? I mean, we had so much happen in the span of four episodes. We're up to a point now where it's like, here is our climax. We have Great Ape Golden Baby and Super Saiyan 4 Goku. I guess here's where I'm going to take it, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Where is this going? Sorry. We have five episodes left. That also seems like a large amount of time for, all right, these are the two. Where's it going? Yes, but let's assess what stakes are involved at this moment. All right. I mean, Planet Tsufudu, uh, lots of friends and family. Yes. Uh, Earth. Yes. Um, you know, Goku as a child or an adult. Boo-oob as eaten chocolate. Yep. Um, yeah, not just friends that are alive, but friends that are gone now. Yep. Sure. All right. Yeah, there's a lot here. Um, You say this ends in five episodes, so things have to end. So apart from that. This arc ends. Yeah. Dragon Ball GT continues where we're. We're like halfway through the show right now. Sure. So then in God, this case. GT is so short in comparison to other stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Talk to the guy who read the entire manga. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is this is tough. Um, so I think it's safe to say that Baby is going to have to be dealt with somehow. And five episodes, a lot can happen. Yeah. So, but I have a hard time coming to the conclusion that that Baby gets destroyed in some way because they're right now just destroying planet Sufuru, which means that Sufuru, you know, really at this point, you're killing off so many people and buildings and whatever. Like, Kinda what? Who cares about this planet? Yeah. So, you know, if this planet were to get like dashed into space with this crazy ape on it that can't do much else besides destroy it, then I mean, that's one way it could end. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Who cares? All right. Just blast them off. All right. Yeah. Just the planet goes off wherever and, and set up uh, some rocket ships and just propel it off into space i mean look they propelled people onto the planet they could propel people back off maybe the spaceships aren't damaged yet um i certainly don't think there's going to be any quote unquote divine intervention where we have um uh dragon ball wishes getting everybody back to the way things were you know Mm. like that wish they can do that wish they can't do the you know wish this person back or kill this person i think right but they can say go back to the way things were can we pause just real briefly as we're talking about planet superdu and how it's being destroyed can you talk about the architecture of this planet a little bit? Because they're like underground trying to run away from things as these buildings are collapsing. Like there's scientific buildings. There's kind of like 
old clay buildings. It's a really interesting place. It is. There seems to be a lot of different kinds of, of architecture going on. And it's interesting because it's not well lit. Like every time you see mm, yeah, yeah. A, a, a baby in particular, I think it's smashed uh, by Super Saiyan 4, Goku, goes into this building. Yeah, and it's, it's like always dark. Every time, if they're underground or if they're in a building, always dark in the interior. So yeah. it doesn't, yeah. It, it, but otherwise. Yeah, like it's bright outside, but there's a lot of dark shots. There's yeah. a lot of dark shots. And also the the amount of characters running away i mean there's like huge armies of people at some point but like some get turned into chocolate others are like smashed under buildings apparently uh you know and we never see the carnage which is very dragon ball yeah when it comes to like mass amounts of people but you you just know know it's happening you know there are massive casualties going on so i mean that leads to the thought that you know p- these people have to get back to earth somehow although this isn't everybody from earth on this planet right no they can it's only, only take it's like a hundred people isn't it i think he taught he took the first hundred in line so i wasn't sure about that in those episodes because we heard the number 100 it there. seems like a lot of people up but there. goku's family's like 50 of that <laughs> <laughs> so exactly who was left um i mean well could it is still on, on earth right no he well yeah he got left behind because yeah. he got cut in line he got left behind yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Barney still, and cut in front. <laughs> exactly. So we still have some people of that family that's still there. Right. Uh, so, right. You don't actually. So, you know, that's actually funny if you think about how many people return to chocolate, how many people are still there. There's probably not much left if it's only 100 <laughs> that aren't family. Who are all these people that are running through the reservoirs underneath the. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think. Well, excuse me. There's only supposed to be 100 people up on this planet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well. Those. You know, so it does mean that there are still people on Earth that would have to be transported back. But if they didn't get back, then not that big a deal because, you know, but it does include Goku's family. So we're talking about architecture, but we're also doing predictions. Yeah. So, all right, let's get back to it. Uh, There's a lot that can happen, could happen. There's five episodes left in this arc. I, I, I don't mean to keep harping on that, but I just feel like, you know, I'm, I'm telling you we're doing five episodes enough time. Next time you should know that that's the end of this arc because then we're going to do something special after that. So there's so much that can happen that needs to happen. All right. So for reals, Jeff, what <clears throat> happens next time in our review? All right. Uh, okay. I'll put it out there. Baby dies, but um, how does baby die? Oh, and, and no, I'm going to say that, that oob is it Uber boo. It's oob, right? Even oh. though boo's in oob. Yeah. He's still just oob. Can it's we so just, confusing. can we just call him boob now because he's <laughs> both of them? Yes. It was only a matter of time. I used this phrase earlier. I would be remiss if I did not mention that Funimation, this is not in a Japanese term, uh, Funimation calls him Majub. <laughs> what? <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh my God. Who got paid that day for that one? Okay. I'm pretty sure he's just super oob. Okay. Um, then I think super oob's going to be okay. I don't know how, but I think super oob's going to be okay. Baby ate him. Yeah, but that nom, doesn't nom, mean nom. that digestion doesn't, you know, like, it, and it's an ape, so but instead, like, eat him as a person, but as an ape, probably congealed back into I mean, chocolate. I, don't I know. guess cell kind of, like, eight, 17 and 18. Well, know. let's not also forget that Boo somehow, magically, however this works, had 
pink globs go onto Oob and be, and they merge that way. So why couldn't this magic Oob thing also do that as well? I mean, you, you want to talk about magic and Boo. Uh, why did Vegito split apart? I don't know. Bad air inside Boo. Yes, that's memory content. Anyway. Yeah. So following that logic, I think Oob's going to be okay. It's going to be messy, but it's <laughs> he's going to be okay. Uh, and uh, I think the rest I of the family- I still crazy predictions from you. Well, it's not going to be that crazy. It's going to be like, like people are going to end up back on Earth. Um, I think Sufuru really is either getting destroyed or is getting pushed off in the space. Okay. Um, but the big thing I was hung up on is whether Baby is going to be there or not. And how I, how do they handle Baby? Well, now that we have Super Saiyan 4 Goku, I mean, I'm thinking... Is it just a brawl? No, because you can't brawl a giant ape like that, I don't think. But mm. you can certainly cut off the tail since we talked about that last time. I think that's foreshadowing. Okay. So why don't we cut off the tail of this giant ape mm. baby, which will be rather hard to do. Vegeta is not going to die, but God forbid, do I even know how they're going to get Vegeta out of this? That's a great question. Yes, mm. because this is not just this entity baby. This is baby Vegeta. Yeah. So they have to kill the baby part of Vegeta without killing Vegeta. But then in order to do that, they have to kill the ape without killing yada mm. yada. So I think cut off the tail gets baby back. That at least gets you started. Yes. Okay. Um, granted, a considerable amount of damage is going to be done first, but um, mm. you do that first, you get baby back. Uh, <laughs> and then, man, I, how do you get Vegeta out of there? I don't know. I really don't know how that's going to happen, but it's going to happen. We're going to get Vegeta back. You think Vegeta will continue to be a part of the group moving forward? Yes, and I do think that the the entity of baby that is infecting everybody is going to leave, and they're all going to be fine. They go back to Earth. But I I get hung up on the idea that baby's gone. I just you know baby has been through a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he has. So I'd hate sure. to think that this is the end of baby. And he's got little eggs in all these other people. So yeah, exa- right, right, this right. This is something you were hung up on last time. Is that can baby ever truly be defeated if he's left his kind of remains? <laughs> or is it like Lyme disease where you just have it and that's it? Like yeah, it's yeah. in you. You're that's it. That could very well be the case where, but if there's no main oh, incubator. Sorry, my baby's flaring up. Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, like that heartburn. That's just baby. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I think I need, I need to take my shit pills. Excuse me, <laughs> throw them on down. I don't think I could take it really anywhere farther from th- that. I mean, I, I really think that's it. Not that crazy, but I know what happens. And I wouldn't know what else to tell you either if I were in your position. I'm glad I do not know what happens next. I'm, I'm pretty much in Jeff's shoes at yeah, this point. That's great. I love that part of this. It's two against one. Yeah, Mike has all the knowledge. I mean, I guess we all have the knowledge if we were so inclined to Google it. Yeah, I just want to, uh, to that point, say, Mary, We read all of Curtis Hoffman's summaries over the years. We know what happens I, it, in one ear, not I the other, I actually didn't read all of them. No? No. Well, I just want to reiterate for our audience that really I have no clue. And um, I don't know what happens in Super. I haven't done any reading on that. Yeah. Um, I chat the with movies. you guys all the time. No idea yeah. what's going on. Nothing's been foiled for me. I have no idea how the rest of GT goes. And I, you know, trust me, it's fun for me to see how wrong I am when it comes to the series. Because when I am wrong, it means they're doing something right. Mm. So and that's especially true with these run of episodes and the way I predicted it uh, <laughs> completely terribly. But yeah, I, I'm going to say the only reason why i can even go this far is because i know that this arc ends but Mm. even then it doesn't even though an arc ends it doesn't mean that baby's dead for good so i just i i'm gonna 
Yeah, go. I mean, go back to the original serialization. I mean, just because the Cyan arc ended didn't mean Vegeta was dead and gone. Right, so. right. So, yeah, I'm just going to put out there, baby's not dead. Okay. One last thing before we wrap up the episode for good here. Uh, we talked about this very specifically last time on the show. Uh, as Dragon Ball GT has transitioned from what they initially set up to do, which was a grand tour throughout space, and we're back to a very safe traditional dragon ball fighting show we're enjoying it in spite of i know isn't that a little frustrating for me i'm frustrated i'm frustrated with that i like it me too <laughs> jeff maybe it's more for mary and i because i mean you say I wanted to like something different sure but you say the name dragon ball gt and it it has a stigma attached to it and uh, i hope it comes through that we're really approaching this for what it is and for not what it could be like i don't really know how to put this in words but i hope we're giving it the chance it deserves i don't know well i i need to interject on that because i am really glad that the grand tour thing didn't continue because it really did take the show away from what it was good at which is a lot of characters that you like here's where i want to do the comparison but we can't do the comparison Yeah. Okay. So, so because we're back Am to I breaking my own, I don't. I'm the host. Are. I didn't say whatever the fuck I want no, to say. No, 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 no. I'm holding you in check. You can't. <laughs> Mary is taking the role of the internet right now. <laughs> Crack that uh, bottle open. I'm we're older going. than you, and I wear the most. We I'm know the loudest. Don't. So I don't think the series would have been as good had it continued on this whole space travel thing, yeah. because you're taking a subset of what people like about the show, and and it's and you're spinning it off, but you're yeah, calling yeah. it Dragon Ball, and I, I I just I don't think that's what the what made the series good. I think what worked is when you have all these interlocking characters, and they all have, and it didn't start that way. Granted, right. it really didn't. Well, because we talked was, about that. Is that we we did have this ensemble cast that went off into space, but the chemistry wasn't right there. But now we're back to just Goku and just this enemy. But somehow it feels right. It does because there's so much at stake, and we know all these characters are here. And you know, crossing our fingers, things are going to get better, and these people are going to return back to form, and then we're going to get this great family saga. You know, once again, basically, unless something the major family happens. saga coming up next, pretty much. But I mean, when you get to see the ensemble be an ensemble, that is really where the magic is. And so, I like the idea that we're getting to see these different characters almost like you know one at a time in a way because we didn't even know Kaioshin was around until he randomly showed up. Well, I mean, that's the out of universe where Toriyama is just. What am I going to do this week? All right, now we got new gods. I don't know. As long as there's chemistry. Yeah, yeah. But, that, I mean, that's that's A lot why. of people would debate the chemistry of Kaioshin. Well, more the competence of Kaioshin. All right. Mm. So, I keep saying, oh, we're going to wrap it up. And here's how we're ending the episode. This is truly how we're ending the episode. At this point, all right, we've got Super Saiyan 4. We have Golden Great Ape Baby. Toriyama is not involved with Dragon Ball GT at this point. Uh, his designs were used earlier on. His planet landscapes were used earlier on. Uh, Katsuyoshi Nakatsuru is the one responsible for this new Super Saiyan 4 design. At this point in time, Dragon Ball GT is continuing the legacy of Dragon Ball and Akira Toriyama. What are you getting that feels Toriyama-esque? At this point in the series. The humor? The humor. Mm. The humor. When you see Goku's face as the tail is being pulled. And the little stars in his eyes. That was so American. Fantastic. Just fantastic. Like, Goku still has that spirit in him to be 
that's half serious, but also really half boorish. And I mean, you got to have that part in there where there's the fart jokes and the butt jokes and all that, because that's the Toriyama aspect. Like he literally just showed his ass at the screen, pull down your freaking pants and here's Goku's butt. Yeah. It doesn't get any better than that. True. I mean, we're just missing the guy in the gas mask with a sign, right? I mean, <laughs> sure. All right. So you think it's the it's the good mix of the humor and the transformations mm-hmm. and the action. This actually feels like Dragon Ball. I mean, Ball. I don't care about transformations. It's always been about the characters for me and just like yeah. those subtleties. Well, like you were talking about with, with Evil Bulma. Bulma and, like that yeah. just nailed it for me. Yeah. Because yeah. I think about like episode one. It's like Goku and Bulma have been together from the start. And yeah. this is how she's talking to him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, nope. Yeah. I love that. That was Dragon Ball GT episodes 32 through 35. We are wrapping up the baby arc next time you're on the wow. show. Uh, well, not Crazy. next episode in the show, but next month uh, <laughs> in August, theoretically, is when we'll do this. We will do Dragon Ball GT episodes 36 through 40. Uh, for those of you who are curious, uh, we will be doing the TV special after this batch of episodes. So... Just keep that in mind. I know it blew Mary's mind. It did. It you did. actually had no idea so, when the TV special were we in the grocery store? I think Where we're out to we? dinner. No, save it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this when we cover the TV special. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot Needless to talk to about. Needless to say, it blew my mind from it a timing perspective. Aired. Yes. Uh, for those who know, yes, we will do all of it after the TV special. For those who know what that means, you know what that means. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us here for uh, the next round of our Dragon Ball GT review of awesomeness you are very welcome it is always a pleasure to be here i i so appreciate you watching the show putting up with our nonsense it really does mean a lot to us <laughs> um does. i put up with your cats more than i put up with the show trust Pay me attention to me you're here um you've you've put up with this you've uh, entertained me up to this point is there anything you would like to say share from now on there's no entertaining anymore <laughs> that's it it's all downhill from here <laughs> what do you got? What's going on? Uh, what is going on? Well, we have. Sorry, we're one of those. We're one of those podcasts where the other person has their own podcast and they talk about their own podcast on the other podcast. Yeah, we, yeah, we get it. Yeah, Good so thing. I got to do that because I mean, we don't even have like a network. <laughs> <laughs> no, who needs a network? Who needs a network? But um, it's like Mike's basement network, <laughs> right? And that's it's constant through the podcast and low fidelity. Well, about low fidelity, we have a uh, an extra episode, as I'm calling it, that's coming out um, hopefully soon. It's uh, still in the re-recording and editing stage and because I'm the only one on it I get to play around and try some things and so talking to yourself is hard man it's it's really difficult it's really difficult but I think I have the process down I need to be standing and I just need to read from the notes no memorizing just read from the notes you'll be fine you don't need to be just standing alone well, here's the no, no. See, what's funny is that originally I had Becca in there and I'm like, OK, just just sit there and just to have someone to talk to. Right. And right. I'll have the notes, but you're there and I'm going to look at the notes. I'm going to look at you. I'm going to talk yeah, and whatever. Yeah, yeah. It went horribly. Nope, it did not it. go. No, it did not go well nope. at all. And then I was sitting in a comfortable chair, not really sitting up and reading from the notes. And it sounded like I was dying. So I didn't want to do that. And then I was standing, <laughs> but I was trying to remember everything. And that sounded terrible. So I couldn't do it. So now I found the perfect mixture. I just need to go and do it. And I will be 
able to release this episode. So it is going to be just me for this, but it's really just a once in a while thing. I feel like I should be able to have the liberty of recording stuff that I've had over the years related to music. And so I can I throw that. I feel like I should have the liberty. Like, sorry, Mike, I'm allowed to do things on my own. It's Dude, my you do show. You want to do. It is my show. Yeah, I do what I want to do with my share. <laughs> um, so that is on that is on the books. That's going to be what's coming out soon. So uh, is going to have, and I will spoil this now for our audience, is going to have a, uh, a quick section about all the ways that you can support us with some detail there. It's also going to have a review of the newest album from the Sacramento-based group Death Grips, and also is going to have a, I guess I would say, an extended breakdown of Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire from 1989. Very interesting combination, I know, but trust me, it will be entertaining nonetheless. So that should be coming out within the next week or so. Look forward to that. Uh, And then after that, we are going to be doing a review of the 1971 composition Drumming by Steve Reich. We previously did his earlier works in the previous version of Low Fidelity. Yeah, it's out now. That is required listening before we go into drumming. For everybody out there, you got to listen to that episode before you go into drumming. It's going to put a lot of perspective in there. And um, I'm looking forward to recording that episode. We got to get that scheduled soon. But um, that is going to be coming up soon. But yeah, if you want to follow us, we are Lo-Fi Podcast on Twitter. We have a YouTube channel. We've got a subreddit on Reddit. It is just slash r slash low underscore fidelity. We also, by the way, I will spoil this now. We have been added to Stitcher Radio, Radio Public, and iHeartRadio. So you can find us on all of those stations as well. iHeartRadio is a thing still. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and for the for the crowd, not of our age. I was going to say. Yeah but they deserve to have the wonders that is low fidelity in their right. lives as well. So uh, you can find us on those apps. And uh, that's pretty much And lowfidelity.info, feedback at lowfidelity.info there as well. You go. Yeah, there if you, go. you want to listen to Jeff moderating me as opposed to me moderating Jeff. <laughs> struggling, folks, struggling. struggling. What, to moderate me? <laughs> loose cannon over here. Loose Mike. cannon. <laughs> that's my uh, the loose cannon, if I ever heard one. Yep. <laughs> I have a lot of nicknames, don't I? <laughs> Mike, a loose can in the breeze. Mary, thank you. Yeah. Always I, good to I, have I, you. I, I notice you don't ask me what I have going on. I know. I have nothing going on. No. It's good. Don't be on the internet right now. It's a bad place. I hate the internet. Internet's awful. Well, thank you. Uh, I got Jeff. I got Mary. My name is Mike. Uh, com. So it just comes in shoe. We'll see you next time here on our podcast. Uh, Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Mary, wrap it up. (laughs) I don't know. Jeff, wrap it up. Oh, I have to be funny for this? (laughs) Um, Bye, everybody. Yep, because you hate that feeling where it's like, we got it, we're going to waste money on it if we don't cook it. Can't do that. It's $10 per person. Yep. Let me tell you about Blue Apron. (laughs) (laughs) What episode is this? 451. What? Yep. Yep. And it is, I I keep getting the date wrong when I record (laughs) the podcasts.
What is this, February? <laughs> because we'll do a thing where we record. I'm so used to recording maybe on a Saturday that I go, oh, all right. And so it's for the next day. And lately, the last couple of weeks, I've been recording on Sundays. So I'll, I'll do it a day ahead. And like, no, that's the Monday date. And yeah. Sunday's been the norm back in old school. <sighs> but, well, yeah. So then you're saying, so what so date for are you today, for yeah. today. Today yeah. is July 22nd. Is okay, it? so, so yes. it's actually for this week. Yes. You, you do the release this week. I think I'm going to do it for this week. I don't know. Probably. <clears throat> gotcha.